All right, Austin Eckert from KJHK over in Lawrence joins us. Thanks for taking the time, Austin. Um, uh, you know, big game here, last game of the season, rivalry week, Sunflower Showdown. Uh, before we get to any of that, there's some recent news that just broke out. If you could talk a little bit about uh, the Lance Leipold contract extension through 2029, um, obviously there was kind of there was the rumor mill mostly from stupid Nebraska fans about Leipold possibly being the, a guy that Nebraska is considering, but that's probably quelled any of those rumors. So talk about the contract extension and you know obviously what Leipold's done in his two years at Kansas. Yeah, uh, the contract extension was was big news, and uh, there were reports out there that were saying that he wanted to wait till after the season to finalize everything which I mean I don't blame him because he wants to focus on the season and of course get ready for the bowl game right after this game but uh you know it's very exciting that they were able to work it out uh, especially in the middle of the season with a lot going on um I I had faith and belief that you know this was going to get done because I mean he had come on you know numerous times on ESPN or wherever saying that he wanted to be here and really I don't know how I don't know how many times he had to say that he wanted to be in Kansas or here at at KU. So, um, you know, credit to Travis Goff and uh, Kansas Athletics for getting it done. So, um, you know, keeps them through uh, through the 2029 season. There will be another extension probably later on if, uh, if they're able to match it, because there's going to be a lot of other schools out there that are probably going to reach out to him. And uh, so, you know, Travis Goff, as far as right now is concerned, he's done a real, real good job with just keeping him in place and uh, getting that situated. So it, it's very exciting. And then the second part of your question about just everything that he's been doing up to this point, uh, it's been exciting. I, I transferred to KU uh, last year. So, you know, I came at the same time that Leipold was here. So, uh, you know, just seeing how the team kind of developed throughout the 2021 season. I know we went two and 10. When you look at it on paper, you're like, oh, two and 10, they didn't do anything. Well, um, you know, I think a lot of people forget Leipold came uh, midway through the spring or right after the spring. So he only had two thirds of a season or an off season rather to get, get the guys ready for the season. So they've had to transition over from a different, from a completely different, you know, standpoint of how, how to go about things to a completely brand new one. And obviously it takes time to instill the culture and, and everything that you want to implement within your program. So, you know, looking back on the first season, I thought he did more, more than a good enough job of getting things done over there. And, and I, I think a lot of people can tell, like, you know, midway through the season, they finally got everything going. And, you know, they, they almost beat Oklahoma at home. Um, you know, you got the big win over uh, down there in Austin and Texas. And then you have the two final games right after that. If you go back and watch the TCU game, you know, they could have easily won that game too. But it was just poor time management that led to them, you know, losing that game. And then and then West Virginia, that that was a game that, you know, I think Kansas should have absolutely won if it hadn't been for the three turnovers. But, uh, you know, you know, I think with uh, Leipold being able to have a full offseason to get the guys ready, I was kind of expecting something to happen, but nothing like this. I thought we were maybe going to win three or four games this year, being realistic. Um, but, I mean, it's it's been unbelievable what he's, what he's been able to do. I walked away after the first game. I was like, you know what? I think this is a completely different team. We're going to be pretty exciting to watch this year. And then you look at the the overtime win against West Virginia. I mean, that was awesome. And I think that's what really got things going. And then um, <clears throat> moving on, you, you, get a, you, you beat a really good Houston team at the time. You know, Houston's kind of struggled a little bit. But for them to go on the road and beat Houston, which, I mean, they don't do a whole lot of road – like, they haven't had a whole lot of road wins in the past. So, I think for them to be able to get a, a win in Houston uh, was huge. And then, of course, you got the Duke and Iowa State game. I mean, it was just a complete game overall. Um, the Iowa State game, really, it was a defensive – 
uh, battle and the defense had to step up for the offense, you know. So, I mean, like, he's just done a lot. And, you know, for for the job that he's been able to do, the fact that, you know, we've gotten to six wins up to this point, I, I feel like he's more than more than deserving of winning uh, the Coach of the Year award. I know there's some other candidates. I mean, Chris Kleiman's up there too. Um, but, I mean, got to give him credit for everything that he's been able to do. I know we haven't had a, a whole lot of success lately. Um, but, you know, that's just due to injuries and, you know, other circumstances that I'm sure we'll probably get into. But uh, he's done a great job. And regardless of the outcome of this game and the bowl game, I think he's done a phenomenal job. Well, I guess you kind of answered part of my question right there. But um, when it comes to the overall landscape of Kansas football now, it has just completely changed. I mean, what what does it feel like when it comes to seeing uh, Lance Leopold not only rally this troop of Jayhawks, but – also, uh, build a winning foundation that Kansas fans haven't been accustomed to seeing in a long time. What what, what has he done uh, that many others uh, who uh, take him a helmet at KU weren't able to? I think it boils down to one thing, and that's accountability. I think he's instilled uh, accountability within the program. And uh, if you go back and watch some of the stuff that they did over the spring with their little documentary uh, videos that they did, um, I mean, you go you go back and watch those videos, for example. That'll kind of give you an insight on what he's been doing um, really just over the season and, you know, of course, the offseason. But I think accountability is what this program needed. They needed accountability. They needed a completely revamped culture. And he's instilling a culture of accountability and, uh, you know, everyday success. Like, you know, it's not about, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just it's about being better each and every day, not, you know, looking ahead, you know, focus on what's going on in the moment. So I think really accountability and getting the guys to focus on what's going on right now in the moment is what I think has led to the success of this team this year. And then just seeing him rally the guys around and, uh, and everything in terms of that nature, I think it's been exciting. So, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of us are very pleased with how this season has gone so far, obviously a big game coming up this weekend, but um, you know, it's been exciting to watch. Now talk to me a little bit about kind of the fan, how the fan perception has changed through those first few games when you guys started winning. You obviously slowly got more and more people to come, had a few sold out games. You got college game day to show up. So what were the vibes like in Lawrence as that you realized, Oh, like we got a football team here. Yeah, no, it's, it's been exciting. Uh, I actually got to call the uh, Kansas Duke game. um, And that was, that was a lot of fun. I got to be a part of the first sold out crowd or actually the second sold out crowd in 13 years. I mean, the 2019 game, I'm, you know, I I know for a fact that there were more K-State fans and KU fans at that game. So you got to give credit to K-State for allowing uh, Kansas uh, to, to experience a a full capacity crowd, but um, you know, just seeing uh, that sold out crowd against Duke, I I thought was awesome. It was uh, amazing. It was, it was pretty exciting. And I think, um, you know, if it wasn't for the sold out crowd, I, I really, I mean, Duke's a really good team. So if it weren't for the energy you know, that the uh, sold out crowd gave Kansas in that game. I don't think Kansas would have won that game. So you got to give credit to the, to the fans. And then you look at you look back at the Iowa State game. That was also a sold out game. I mean, that was exciting. That was exciting. I mean, there were a lot of Iowa State fans there, too. Now, one big thing that um, <laughs> that I find funny about this whole thing is that, you know, the stadium staff, they didn't know what to do uh, for the Duke and Iowa State game. I mean, like they were just you know, people all around the concourse and I heard the concession stands, uh, you know, weren't operating very well because they didn't know what the heck to do. So, you know, it's just been, it's taken a while for, I, I think a lot of people to adjust to it is exciting. And then 
you know, college game day coming to Lawrence was definitely uh, an amazing experience. I mean, I, I remember getting up at like 5 a.m. and, you know, showing up to the uh, to the studio, to the site, you know, it was, it was definitely exciting. And then, of course, you know, the sun's coming up, you're they're starting their show. It's a great start to the day. Um, you know, it was it was exciting to be a part of all that. And then the game, really, I know we lost, but I mean, that was one of the best college football games I think I've been to in a while. So, I mean. Uh, you know, that was definitely uh, exciting. And then, uh, you know, just being able to have college game day come here um, was uh, was definitely um, exciting as well. So, um, yeah, that that TCU game, um, you know, we lost Daniels midway through the game and then Bean comes in, throws four touchdowns. I mean, you really couldn't have asked him to do anything more than that. But uh, that was definitely an exciting game for sure. And then uh, the the other two games that we've had, you know, Oklahoma State won the sold out crowd, but there was still a really good crowd on hand. And then, of course, we tore down the goalposts afterwards because it was the first time that Kansas has gone bowling in, in what, 13 years. So, I mean, it is well deserving of a uh, goalpost, you know, coming down and being thrown into Potter Lake uh, next door. So I know there's a lot of people out there that are laughing at us like, oh, you beat a, you know, an Oklahoma State team with their third string quarterback yeah I know that but like you got to give Kansas a break like they, they haven't had this type of success in a long time you know we're not like we're not thinking that we're going to beat Bama we're not going to be the best team in the country we're just we're just celebrating you know something that that hasn't happened with this program in a long time so and then you know the crowd at Texas that you know we got blown out but uh there was still a really good crowd on hand and I think uh the fan, you know, support has been un unwavering throughout the season. And uh, and I know for a fact that student tickets are going to – or not student tickets, uh, season tickets rather are going to get a little bit more expensive. Student tickets could be a little bit more expensive because they are a little more expensive for uh, basketball games. So that, that'll be interesting to, you know, kind of pay attention to and look out for. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a little bit jealous that you guys got game day. That that is a lot yeah. of fun. We're we're still waiting. We we have we have 1998 to hold on to, but we're waiting. <laughs> we're, we yeah, were so. I, know you... I mean, we were so close. If we had beaten, um, if we had beaten Actually. TCU, we would have got it with Oklahoma State, but we just couldn't pull it off on yeah. our end. Yeah, the the Oklahoma State game was fun. I think if College Game Day showed up for that game, I think it would have been a lot of fun. So. I, I believe it was actually 2000 and uh, 2000 the last time game day came to Manhattan. That was when Oklahoma was uh, there in the, I believe, the early Bob Stoops days. And uh, it was that block. It was the game where K-State came away with oh, the block. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Austin, I got one more question for you before we make you talk about the bad. So let's um, let's talk about this KU offense a little bit. It's one of the best in the country. I'd be lying if I said they weren't extremely fun to watch with Jalen Daniels or Jason being at quarterback. Um, you guys have an explosive running game. Talk to me about what Lance Leipold's been doing well in his second year to kind of break this offense out. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, he's done a really good job of utilizing the option game because both uh, quarterbacks are very mobile on on on, on the ground, and uh, then you of course have a really talented running back room uh, of guys of like Devin Neal and Savion Morrison and Kai Thomas getting in the rotation. Obviously, we lost Daniel Highshaw for the season, so that was definitely a big blow. But just seeing uh, what all of these running backs have been doing has been fun to watch. And then you know you got you got to give credit to. Uh, Coach Kolonicki, the offensive coordinator, I think he's implemented the, the option game pretty well. And then uh, I think uh, what what I think they've been doing very well is playing to the strengths of both of their quarterbacks. You know, it's kind of a you know they they have similar you know skill sets, but they play a little bit differently. 
Um, and, and I, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, why, why did Kansas want, you know, Daniels back so bad, you know, like they, he came into the Texas game and, and didn't really play well. I just think, uh, I think with Daniels, I think, you know, he just brings the, uh, I don't know, you know, a type of leadership that they, I think that they follow and they, they feed off of it. And, you know, with Bean, you know, like, I can't really say that he's done much to lose games this season. You know, I, you know, there's a reason why he's the backup quarterback, but he's put us in, in a handful amount of positions to go on and win the game, you know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, inconsistency on both sides, but, but Cook, both, both uh, Cole Nicky and Leipold have done a really good job of playing to their strengths. Um, uh, Austin, you mentioned a lot of your strengths and you, and some of the timing as well. You mentioned with, uh, Jalen Daniels not pos- not really being at his full full health uh, in the Texas game, but um, looking at the season stats, you have thir- uh, he's ran for over uh, thirteen. Uh, well, I take that back. In terms of a total yardage, he has thirteen hundred and two yards, uh, thirteen touchdowns, two interceptions, a QBR rating of eighty nine point six, and then got injured midway through the season. You replace him with Jason Bean. Um, what have what have been your thoughts on Jalen Daniels from the fan perspective, and how uh, what do you think about Jason being uh, being able to accept coming in and taking over as the backup? Yeah, you know um, everybody loves Jalen. I love him very much. I thought he, you know, the, I mentioned the end of the season uh, last year uh, in the beginning. You know, he uh, came in and he obviously led us uh, to our overtime victory over Texas, and then you know he. Uh, played pretty well in those final two games. And then, you know, there was a lot of excitement around him being the starting quarterback. You know, I, you know, you got to give credit to being for everything that he did last year too. But I think what, you know, I, I said this already, he brings the type of leadership that I think the players feed off of, and, you know, they, they feed off of his energy, they feed off of his leadership. And then, you know, he has the skill set. He can, you know, he's a dual threat. He can run it on the ground. I mean, he has a really good arm too. Uh, I think, uh, his ability to extend plays. I know Bean does a really good job of that at times, but I think Daniels does it better and he does it more consistently. Um, and then I think he's more careful with the ball. You know, we've seen already this season that Bean hasn't been the best at taking care of the ball. He's been throwing a couple of interceptions so far and he's fumbled. You know, I know he had that fumble against Texas Tech, but he took a really big hit to the chest area. Uh, so he's been knocked out, but uh, I know he's been practicing from what I've heard, but uh, you know, Daniel's just – he's just more consistent than Bean. I mean, they're both similar quarterbacks, uh, you know. And then talking about Bean real quick, he's done uh, he's done a great job, uh, you know, putting up points. You know, he, he came in. I thought he handled himself very well whenever he had to come in against TCU. I know we didn't win that game, but there was a, an interception midway through the game that I think, I guess, allowed TCU to separate us from uh, – from them in the end because it was, you know, one, a one touchdown game. And, uh, you know, that interception that being through led to a touchdown that gave TC the lead. So I think those mistakes in particular were something that kind of bit him, you know, in the end. And then, you know, he had a couple of turnovers against Oklahoma, um, you know, Baylor, it was just a slow start. And, uh, you know, really you can't, you can't get off to a slow start, especially in an environment like Baylor. And then, uh, Oklahoma State, I mean, he did everything well. He handed the ball off for most of the time to Neil, but when he did have to make a play, uh, he made all the plays possible. He had that 70-plus yard touchdown against Oklahoma State uh, right after they scored a touchdown. I mean, he's uh, 
he's done a phenomenal job. I just think Daniels just has a little bit more consistency and that's why we like him a little bit better, but, uh, you know, no, no, not discrediting Bean at all. He's been tremendous this season. Now, Austin, um, we've been pretty nice to you. Um, mostly been throwing you softballs, letting you talk about being five and oh, making a bowl game, talk about the offense. Um, now we get to the hard hitting questions. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about your defense a little bit. Um, it's, uh, it's not great. Um, I think it's fair to say it's one of the worst in the country. Uh, you mentioned the slow start against Baylor slow start, maybe, um, a bit of an understatement that, I mean, you could not probably have started the game off much worse, unfortunately on both sides of the ball. Um, the Oklahoma game was a total shootout the entire game. Um, I mean, there's some injuries that have played a factor. I believe Kobe Bryant got injured and there's some, been some other ones, but talk to me about what's kind of been, um, I obviously know Lance Leipold's a, you know, an offensive guy, but what's been the problem with this defense that has caused them to struggle and especially, you know, against Texas most recently. Yeah, it was hard to watch the Texas game last week with, you know, our run defense and we gave up 427 yards on the ground like you are not going to win football games if you give up 400 plus yards on the ground that that's just not acceptable and you're coming into this week against arguably one of the best running backs in the country and Deuce Vaughn I mean you, you know like with with our defense and how we need to approach it you like they need to understand you can't stop a guy like Deuce Vaughn you can't stop a guy like Bijan Robinson either what you can do is you can slow him down and Really, I think if they're going to have any kind of success uh, in stopping the run, they really can't. You got to find ways to slow Deuce Vaughn down. You got to win the battle up front. And uh, I feel like we've had a very hard time of doing that lately. And, um, you know, it's it's obviously been frustrating from a fan standpoint because I feel like in the past two games we've struggled in uh, defending the run. And like I mentioned, 427 yards on the ground is just not acceptable. And that's how you get, you know, blown out in some of those games. But, you know, our secondary, too, has been pretty good uh, for in most cases. I, I know it's statistically not the best, but uh, they've made some uh, some plays. And I think they believe in uh, winning the turnover margin. I think uh, us winning the turnover margin has led to, you know, victories in some of our games this year. We, you know, we got Kobe Bryant and um, yeah, the, not the real Kobe Bryant, but the other one. And then you got Kenny Logan Jr., who are both really good um out there in the secondary. So, you know, you throw the ball their way, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup uh, for any receiver. But um, with all due respect, um, you know, Kansas State has a really good group of wide receivers, and uh, I think this will be a really good test uh, for our secondary. Yeah, let's go ahead and get specifically into this um, K-State KU game. Let's just talk big picture here for a little bit, because obviously it's a little weird with this rivalry because they've kind of it's kind of lopsided on either side you know KU's got the basketball and for at least in recent history um you know um K-State's been pretty dominant in football but um you know KU's you know they've gotten six wins this year they're a lot better than they have been in past years uh what does this rivalry mean now to football for KU fans I you know I think it means a little bit more this year I think uh, a lot of you know KU fans are very excited that this will actually be a competitive game if we decide to show up this week unlike last week but uh it's going to be very exciting uh for everybody to watch uh this weekend but um i think uh i think k-state fans are a little bit excited too that kansas is good because it'll actually be a competitive game and you know i mean of course you know kansas i in my opinion i don't think they're a free win anymore but a lot of people out there are like oh that's a win 
eh, I'm not going to worry about it. And then, you know, you, let's say you end up losing them and then you're like, oh, crap. So I really think uh, I think it's exciting that we're going to have a hopefully a competitive game if um, if we decide to play better this weekend. But I think um, I think just with the success that Kansas had and then, you know, of course, K-State this season, it's going to shape up to be a pretty, pretty dang good game. Yeah, no, what do you, how do you see this game going? What do you think from the KU side perspective? What are they, what are you guys going to be looking at as what's going to be important and what's going to decide this game and what KU would need to do to be successful? Yeah, I, I mentioned slowing down the run game and winning the battle up front on defense. I think that's going to be our biggest key. And then especially winning the turnover battle uh, is also going to be key as well. But you got to find ways to slow down Deuce Vaughn. You can't you can't stop him, but you can slow him down. And don't forget, you know, you have a dual threat quarterback in Will Howard. I know Adrian Martinez is out for several weeks with a leg injury, but Will Howard in every opportunity that he's been given this season, I mean, he's absolutely taken full advantage of it. And I got to give him respect for that. I mean, I was at the Oklahoma State game with John and uh, we were like, Oh, is Adrian going to play? Is it going to be John? Or Sorry. <laughs> Will. John Grove and, <laughs> I was, we were like, well, I wonder who's going to start. And then um, shortly later on, we found out that it was going to be Will. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go. And then, you know, the first drive of the game, fourth down at 10, he throws a, a dart, you know, far left-hand corner to the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, that really set the tone. I mean, Will's a talented quarterback. I know he's been, you know, the backup for the past, you know, three seasons or so, and he's had to come in numerous times. But, I mean, he's taken full advantage of his opportunities. I mean, he's got a really good arm. He can run on the ground, too. Uh, defending the pass is going to be something that we're going to have to look out for, too. I mentioned, you know, Kenny Logan and Kobe Bryant maybe having some pretty good games or having a pretty good performance uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough challenge. I think, you know, like I, I mentioned, K-State has a really good group of receivers. Malik Knowles is one of the best in the country, in my opinion. Uh, he can go up there and get it and make plays if um, if Howard needs him to. So I think – but the biggest thing is slowing down the run game and winning the battle up front. That's where we got to start. If we, you know, if we can do that, then we can do everything else, but that's going to be our biggest thing. And then uh, offensively, um, you know, running the ball, I think is going to be uh, key for us. I think, you know, creating uh, some plays, you know, later on will also be key. I think, you know, uh, being better in third downs, I think is going to be something that Kansas will need to work on and, and be better at this week um and they also can't shoot themselves in the foot they can't give up turnovers because you know k-state's just been one of those teams you know in my opinion you know just historically like they don't beat themselves up if you if you give them an opportunity like it's more than guaranteed that they're going to take full advantage of it so uh you know taking care of the ball is going to have to be one thing that they're going to have to work on. And then, of course, feeding the ball to Devin Neal, allowing Daniels to get a couple of really good passes in, building up his confidence will also be key. And one big thing I do want to bring up is the special teams. You know, K-State's been a school that's been, you know, you know, labeled as special teams you, right? You know, they make plays on special teams. You know, they block punts left and right. It feels like almost every single week they have a blocked punt or a blocked kick. I mean, they, you know – I mean, shoot, I don't know how many kickoff returns that they've had, you know, over the past, you know, 10 years or so, but I'm sure it's in double digit figures, maybe in the twenties. I don't know, but I mean, Kansas state's known to, to have like one of the best special teams units, you know, just, you know, historically. And, you know, we've had a, we've had a struggle in the kicking game. I, I was at the Texas tech game and we missed, you know, two kicks that 
could have really leveled the game. But uh, since we didn't convert on that, it, it cost us in the end. And then um, against Texas, we were down 17 to nothing. And uh, we had a Jerry Casey touchdown that got called back for uh, an eligible receiver downfield, which I thought was not a good call at all, but it is what it is. And we brought the field goal unit out. And I was like, oh, God, if he misses it, I'm going to laugh. And then I didn't even have to watch. And he missed it because I heard I heard everybody go, oh, he missed it. And I was just I started laughing. I was like, see, that's what's going to lose us the game. And then Texas, you know, scored a touchdown shortly right after that. So as special teams, we're going to have to step it up in special teams. Otherwise, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it, the thanks to you, I mean, you mentioned at the beginning, thanks to you guys for being good. Cause we wouldn't have gotten 7 PM Fox if you guys didn't bring up your, and we didn't do ours as well. So yeah. thank you for that. Um, I got a couple more general questions before I let you go. Now uh, I don't want to be confrontational or anything, but we got to throw some beef into the mix with K state KU here. Now <laughs> you guys have stormed the field three times this season, Duke, Iowa state, Oklahoma state. Um, I particularly have a bit of a problem with starring the field against Iowa state. Do you think that it was a bit excessive to storm the field three times this season? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a tough, that's, I don't know. I just think but, the way uh, the Iowa state game went, I just thought it was so weird when like your, your, you know, Daniel Highshot goes out with a pretty bad injury where they had to bring yeah. out the ambulance. Mm -hmm. And then it's like Iowa state missed three field goals. They just played the worst game ever. Yeah, I know, thought they lost that game more than they wanted. They did. Yeah. I, don't I, know. I will, you will, you will hear from me. I am one of those honest fans out there. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be vague with my answers or anything. Yeah, Iowa State for sure, you know, lost that game. If they made all three of those field goals, then they would have they would have won that game. So there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, the offense didn't look very good. We lost Ty Shaw for the season. Uh, lots of other things didn't go our way off on, uh, offensively. We made we made a lot of really good plays on defense. But yeah, I definitely agree with the fact that Iowa State lost that game. And then, of course, Duke. Um, I believe they had I understand, everybody. I understand you. Duke, you know, you're at home yeah. for the first time for a real game and you're, you know, you win, you're like, Oh, okay. Like I respect yeah. that. I just thought, mm -hmm. I thought Iowa state, Oklahoma state. I understand you're bowl eligible. Just, I yeah. don't know. You don't want to like take the piss out of storming the field when you, when you do it a bunch. I just, yeah. You know, I think uh, the fact that, you know, five and oh, that's pretty exciting. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with it uh, to be honest with you. I mean, it is exciting that, you know, Hey, you're one win closer to being bowl eligible. I, you know, so I definitely get where they're coming from in terms of that. But really, I, I mean, I didn't agree with the uh, Iowa State, you know, rushing the field thing. But um, it definitely caught the attention of college game day. That's for sure because they sent out a tweet with the with everybody rushing the field after the game. They're like, "Hey, come here!" And then they're like, "Oh, you, you us? Okay, we're gonna come on over." So maybe uh, maybe that's the reason why we rushed the field. I don't know. But I, I, I will say uh, deep down, I didn't agree with it. But the Duke game, yeah. I mean, it was a good game, you know, 4 0. Okay, I can understand that. I can, you, I, you I can give you, you a pass the, to that one. You can't rush the field every single game. And I feel like we've done that, you know, except for the Tennessee Tech game. We didn't rush the field for the Tennessee Thank Tech God. game. But I mean, <laughs> we didn't right. rush the field for every other game except Texas. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't agree with it entirely. I I mean, I will stand behind the storm of the field for the Oklahoma State game. What do you have for me, John? I mean, I just I'm just thinking of of like, oh my gosh, if you guys stormed a field over over Tennessee Tech of all teams, I was thinking 
like like we're, we're we're doing Clemson stuff out here with Dabble Sweeney asking for all the fans to come onto the field uh after after every game whether it's uh whether it's Notre Dame or if it's South Carolina State uh or or I mean Texas Texas basketball does this too Texas basketball does this too they play some kind of Ranky dink mid major, and they blast him by fifty. And next thing you know, they just ask the fans to storm the field. But it is what it is. How? how wait. So they they take the goalpost and they put it into. Is it? A, it was a lake, or is it? Or is it the Kansas River? No, they put it in a lake. We have a lake that's really that's literally right next door to the stadium, and we just oh, threw okay. It there. Okay, gotcha. We didn't have to go uh, very far, so. I was I was under the assumption that it was but that y'all were taking it to the Kansas River. <laughs> no, no, the Kansas River, like <laughs> see, like the lake, the lake's like right here, the stadium's right here. Yeah. Um yeah, taking that out to the Kansas River would be a challenge because shoot, you would have to carry that through Mass Street and you know, <laughs> on that, you know, just that that, you know, on ramp that, you know, gets you on the highway. I mean, that'd be pretty tough. So I, I don't think we would have been able to carry it all the way to, to the Kansas river, given that it's just, just right gotta, outside of downtown Lawrence. Just, but yeah, we just got it in the pond. That was literally, that's literally next to the stadium. So. You just got to dig deep and do it like the way Tennessee fans did bringing their goalpost all the way out to their river. But I mean, Hey, like I said, first time being bowl eligible in, in 13 years, it, it definitely warrants for the goalpost going into the, into the lake so i mean we're very proud of that i mean yeah I mean, like i get it you know oklahoma state it's not really a big it, like it is a quality win from the perspective that you got your sixth win yeah you're bowl eligible but you know they did play their third string quarterback they did have some injuries uh you know obviously there were some fans out there they're like oh we beat oklahoma state yeah and then uh my buddy that actually goes there he sat with me in the uh, student section oh, no. <laughs> midway oh. point oh yeah we we heard it but i i was like not nah, these these guys are good people and then yeah they kept telling me that my my buddy was like Man, Kansas fans are so awesome. We we actually love it over here. So they weren't like they weren't you know harassed too much. That was the only time that they did like right when they uh, sat down and showed up. But yeah, they uh, they were like, no, if you guys like flex the swim, we're literally gonna punch y'all. So I mean, <laughs> I'm flexing it from the perspective that it it's it was our sixth win. Uh, yeah. Like for it being oh be ranked team, I, that's great. But Oklahoma State did have some injuries, and uh, I know when you know Kansas State played them, they really didn't. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say on that. Is, I mean, Oklahoma State, it's a great win, but I do respect the fact that they had multiple guys out with injuries. Austin, I do hope I I left you with a good impression when you when you first came here. Hopefully, no K State fans got got after you. No, uh, nobody. Everybody was I, nice. I um. I, I did wear a KU shirt underneath all the stuff I wore. So I just, I was like, mm, I got to hide it. You know? <laughs> but like, but like, Hey, you know, I will say, I will say I did take part in the Wabash cannonball and all that stuff. I didn't hear any, you know, obscenities or anything. Thank goodness. But no, we're, I did, we're past it, that now. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that whole situation is funny, but um, yeah, I took part in the Wabash and everything else. It was fun to be a part of it. I mean, my, uh, my sports director for KJHK. I mean, he literally goes over to K-State uh, for for stuff. I mean, he went over to the Texas game and was decked out in K-State gear. And, you know, I mean, like, 
What's funny is nobody got got onto him for that, and I didn't even wear K State gear. And and the, I think uh, there were some people on the staff who uh, found me on uh, on K State's TikTok, and it was just <laughs> us reacting to a touchdown, and they're like, "What the heck is this?" I'm like, I'm like, guys, 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 calm down. I'm not even wearing K State gear. Look at look at our direct. I don't mean to put him on the spot, but he wore K State gear, and you guys aren't getting onto him. Like, why are you getting onto me? I literally wore KU stuff underneath all the stuff I was wearing. So, I mean, no, no, no shots, no shots at my director. He's a great guy. Love him. Uh, he's he's funny. Um, but he actually made the uh, <laughs> the Barstool KU uh, account on Instagram not too long ago of him uh, drinking something and bringing down a table. So oh I thought that gosh. was funny. He's a he's a he's a fun guy to be around for oh sure. Oh my gosh. So, but yeah, they um. They found me on K-State social media, just me, you know, being in the front row. And they're like, what the heck is this, man? I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> we had a bye week. I, I wanted to go over and watch them play. I mean, yeah. of course, I, I was doing a little scouting report, too. Like, okay, this is what we're going to expect next week. So, yeah. <laughs> that was, but I will say, it was a it was a fun experience. K-State does a phenomenal job of putting out a really good atmosphere uh, for everybody. So, uh, it was it was a fun game. Yeah, definitely. You know, to your point about taking down the goalposts, I just want to say that if, if K-State fans give you any crap for tearing down the goalposts um, for, you know, beating Oklahoma State, we can't say anything. We tore down the goalposts after we beat an FCS team in 1989. So, <laughs> I mean, that was a long time ago, but... And we were on like a 22-game losing streak or something at the time. That's it might have been 27. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we weren't we weren't used to winning. Anyway, one more confrontational question here before I let you go. Um, you mentioned you did take part in the Wabash Cannonball against Oklahoma State. You don't, I, you don't have to make it a definitive statement, but I think we can all, we can all think it here. We can make the connection that the Wabash Cannonball is better than Wave the Weed. I think we know it's true. If I will give you the when you're when you're in the fog, Rock Chalk Jayhawk KU, that's sick. I respect that. That is super cool. But the Wabash Cannonball is just, it's just better than Wave the Weed. It's just better. I don't know about that. I mean, Come like on. the Wabash is fun, but um, yeah, something about waving the weed I think is special. And there's obviously a deep, a deeper meaning behind it. But, but uh, you know, when, when wave the weed, you score a touchdown, it's, it's exciting. I mean, especially if the game's close, and you know, it, there's just a lot of excitement. You know, this, this guy, <laughs> this guy over listening. Here. John is not, not John you, is... but the, the guy next to you on your right. John is waving <laughs> so, the weed right now. He's just with something a... else. Uh, waving the wheat, it's it's an awesome tradition, and, and of course you mentioned the rock chalk chant. I mean that that's awesome too. I just I, I love being there and being a part of it over at Allen Fieldhouse. But something about waving the wheat after scoring a touchdown is um, I don't know. It just I think I think I'm biased a little bit just because I go to school there. But I don't know. There's just something about it that just makes you feel connected with everyone else, and it's it's a great tradition for sure. But I, you know, the Wabash is definitely one of the best traditions out there in all the Big Twelve. I, I will say. But I mean, I got to stick to waving the wheat, you know, strictly because of bias. Because if I if I'm not, then you know, I I get my head ripped off. So, but waving the wheat is a special tradition, and I will hold on to that. I will stand by it. So. All I got to say on that. Well, I guess um, while we're kind of focusing towards the Rock Chat Chan and the atmospheres of both teams, uh, I, I kind of want to focus on the basketball team real quickly before we let you go. Uh, obviously, you get the big, you get a, you get a not so comfortable win, but but you get a big win over NC State in the, in the uh, first game of Bill Self being back. Uh, what do you, 
what are you what is what are your thoughts so far on this team uh especially with Grady Dick I know he's been he's been a blast to blast to watch right now yeah he's been fun to watch uh, I didn't get to watch much of the game uh this morning because I totally forgot it was an 11 a.m tip um but I thought it was a 1 p.m tip but that's why I missed it but I got to watch a little bit of the game. Uh, I got to see uh, Grady hit a big-time three-pointer uh, late in the game. That was exciting. And really, I mean, he could have easily skipped college and just entered the into the uh, the draft, but he chose to come here, and he's been a great addition. You know, you get uh, two of your five starters back from last year. I definitely miss Ochai and, and CB and McCormick. I mean, we've given McCormick a lot of, you know, just criticism. The Mitch Lightfoot. over the season because he couldn't you know rebound it he couldn't put up the simple layups and we were just like you know put him on the bench or something and we benched him whenever we played against Oklahoma State I think on the road and then coach self put him back in the game and then he had like a double double I, I think in that game if I'm not mistaken I'll have to go back and check but I think he had like 15 points and a couple of blocks he had like one of the best performances of his career so I I definitely missed the guy he was the guy that he made the shot that gave us the national championship too. respect him for that um but yeah I miss those three guys a a lot I really do I mean they're they're all going to be really good professionally I mean you can't forget you know the goat Chris Tehan um that guy was awesome to, to have you know on the team and then Mitch Lightfoot I definitely am going to miss him. I miss him Good already. Guy. He's a funny guy. I love him. <laughs> and then we had, um, you know, Jalen Coleman lands too, is another guy that I think a lot of people don't really talk about much. I mean, when he came in, he made the most of his opportunities and was the guy that pretty much, you know, would save us in any moment you would need him off the bench. But, you know, just looking at this team, Grady, you know, has been awesome and he's going to be awesome all throughout the season. Um, and then you have the addition of Kevin McCuller, uh, my guy. Mm-hmm. From uh, Texas Tech, you know, I I know when we go when we go back to Lubbock for that game, I, you know, luckily the students are going to be out for break, but I feel like they're going to make their they're going to find their way back to Lubbock just for this game because I know for a fact that they want to give Kevin McCuller just all the stuff, you know, kind of like last year when um, when Chris Beard came back to Lubbock uh, for the first time since taking the Texas head coaching job. So uh, I know he's going to get a lot of heat for that, but having him on the team uh, has been great. Um, you know, he's a, uh, he's kind of struggled the past couple of games, but you know, he'll, um, he'll adjust accordingly and he'll, he'll be a great player. And then uh, you guys have, you have guys like KJ Adams, who um, it was another guy that come in off of the bench and make some clutch plays at times. KJ Adams, I think is a work in progress still, but he's really good. Uh, and then, of course, you have Juan Harris, who I think is one of the best point guards in the country right now. He's one of the best defensive players in the country, too. Um, you know, I think uh, I think his defensive um, approach is, is pretty successful. I think he plays, the, you know, defense pretty well. And then, you know, Jalen Olson, you know, I think is going to be a guy that could potentially be a lottery pick uh, in next year's draft, but we'll see. I don't think think he very well could his numbers are very I saw a graphic the other day of you know him having uh I don't know same amount of points on average rebounds assists and all that stuff like Ochai did in the beginning of last year so people are like oh is he gonna have a good season I think he's gonna have a terrific season and he'll definitely be a first round pick uh, in this upcoming NBA draft so uh, you know, it was it was huge for us to get him back. I mean, there was a chance that we weren't going to get him, but we are extremely uh, excited that he's back. He's been a great, you know, player for us over the years, and uh, you know, it's going to be a 
it's going to be a great season for him in his uh, last year as a Jayhawk, presumably. Now, I don't know if you've heard Austin, but um, K-State is the Cayman on the Classic Champs. So hopefully we can give you guys a run for your money this year. We're looking to avenge last year. So um, that should be a lot of fun. So thanks for taking the time, Austin. Really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. It's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on here. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a it's going to be an exciting game. I'm not going to give a score prediction. Uh, I know you guys didn't ask for it, but I'll go ahead and say it. I think K-State's <laughs> going to win this weekend. Uh, but I think Kansas will play a really good game. I think they, I think they'll look better uh, than than last week. But I mean, you know, I think uh, they're going to run the ball a lot, and I think it's going to wear Kansas off in the end. But um, I think it'll be a good game. It'll be close. It'll be close. But I got Kansas State winning. But I mean, don't count out the Jayhawks. So. Oh yeah, well, no, we definitely won't, especially not this year. So it should be a fun one. Thanks, man. Yeah, not a problem.